Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. We'll let the stream breathe just for a couple of seconds. You all know the drill. Make sure we're nice and stable across all five platforms, and we are. We got the green check marks. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, my fellow football priest, returned off a couple of days off to enjoy his weekend. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I don't know if you saw this, but... The Denver Broncos finally had their first full team meeting. So all the veterans that checked in on Tuesday and went through the two-stage CV testing, only one got flagged. We all know that was Andrew Beck <clears throat> earlier or uh, late in last week, made it onto the CV reserve list. But they had their very first team meeting of training camp, all the rookies and vets combined. I bet you could not guess what they talked about. It was CV for two hours. So they're taking this thing ultra seriously. As they should. I mean, you see players opting out. You see starting quarterbacks around the league going on the CV list, like Garner Minshew and Matt Stafford. I mean, as well they should. And the Broncos have been ahead of the game here, Chad, with their protocols and their policies. They've really gotten ahead of CV. And I think it's translated where the Broncos have less breakouts or less people placed on that list or less people battling the CV than I think most other teams. It's going to be like this for a while now until the season starts, I think. And then after that, when normalcy is kind of restored, then you'll see teams kind of pulling back a little bit on being so um, ultra-aggressive to battle CV. As is often the case, Zach, we take a day off, serious news breaks. And even though I've had a chance, wow, the community is going off on Super Chat. We're going to get to you guys here in just a second. Goodness gracious. I've had a chance to talk about this on a public footing Friday night when I joined Eric on Dove Valley Deep Divers. But the Broncos cut Jeff Hireman, Zach. What was your gut reaction to the move? Hallelujah. I, it was, you know, three years too long, Chad. Three years in the making, at least this offseason. I don't see why they hung on to Jeff Hireman. They were just delaying the inevitable. Everyone and their mother knew he was going to be gone. And the Broncos saved. They cleared, I think, $3.3 million after a $500,000 dead money hit. They had no use for him. He doesn't do anything overly well. They have young players on the roster who can step up. The Nick Vanette signing and the Alberto drafting were the two nails in Jeff Hireman's coffin. And we all saw it coming. Eric and I tried to spitball the reasons why, timing-wise, like why didn't this happen, first of all, earlier in the offseason? 
Why did it happen after he checked in and, and ostensibly reported for training camp? Eric's of the opinion, and I'm inclined to agree with him, Zach, that it's because the Broncos were holding out hope that they could trade him and that they could use the preseason as a means in which to feature him and kind of dangle him as trade bait. And with that ship sailing and there being absolutely no preseason games <clears throat> this year, they just ripped the Band-Aid off because the, at the end of the day, those those tight ends that they did add, Vanette, Oku, oh, oh man, I butchered it. Okuwebunam. Okuwebunam. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then also trying to get Jake Budd, trying to get Troy Fumagalli, trying to get Austin Fort, Andrew Beck, some reps. Rip the Band-Aid off now. But your thoughts on the reason why now was it happened now, it was because they'd given up on, on the idea of potentially even trading him. I just don't see what trade value he would have. He literally has no playmaking tape out there since 2015. He had one long touchdown catch in 2017, and he's been kind of invisible. There's a reason why the Broncos drafted a tight end in the first round, Chad, last year, because Hireman never lived up to billing. I don't know if they wanted to juice his trade value, but the Broncos have known for at least, what, a month now, there'd be less preseason or no preseason. I think it had more to do with the roster deadline coming up August 16th from 90 to 80, and they just had to go through the list and kind of start cutting some players that they thought to themselves, here's a guy we don't need. Here's a guy that can save $3.3 million against the salary cap. Let's go. Here's your paying slip. See you later. Thanks for your contributions. We're going to move on with Noah Fant and the players that we have. I don't think it was so much of a trade so much as just a formality. They dragged it out as long as they could. Like the Pax and Lynch release, chat. That had nothing to do with trade value. It was just a, a procedural thing that Broncos operated on that speed with. I got to give a shout out to this guy. Phenomenal big-time Broncos fan. He's typically the first comment in our you know, we the chat stream that we see includes YouTube. When we're live, it includes YouTube. It includes Facebook. It includes Twitter, Twitch. And Ernie, I call him Big Earn. okay? He's usually the first guy to get a comment in. He's in early. He's here for each and every podcast seven days a week. He's a big-time Broncos fan. I just wanted to give him a shout-out because he deserves, uh, he deserves a little love. And uh, just know, Big Earn, that we appreciate you, and we're happy to have you here in the stream. We got a shout-out, Mark Langley, as well for jumping in early on Super before we even went live, Zach. I'm guessing he had to hit the sack pretty early tonight because his hours are, are uh, you know, unique to having to get up early. Mark, appreciate you, my brother. And he, by the way, showed me this Broncos tattoo. Why didn't you unveil that, dog, when we were live a few weeks ago? You should have showed the community that because that's a sweet tattoo. Next time we have Mark on, we'll have to coerce him into showing you that. But he says – What's up, my guys in Broncos country? Hashtag state of being, hashtag state of levity, and hashtag <laughs> damn you, bulls. Appreciate you, Mark, as always, my man. Uh, also, shout out to those of you who've been hanging out in the room. we got Toy Mafia, Big E, that's not to be confused with Big Earn. Uh, Stu is in the house. Jake from State Farm. Charlie, what's going on? Steve Hearn's in the house. It was good catching up with you on Twitter today, Steve. And uh, Aaron, what's up, dog? Good to see you. I heard through the grapevine that you might be heading back <clears throat> to the uh, lower 48 from being up in Alaska doing some commercial fishing. I don't know if that's true, but either way, we're happy to have you back in the in the saddle with us in the stream. Gang, we got a lot to get to tonight, but first, we, we want to talk to you about something a little provocative that Kareem Jackson said. And it actually was on the heels, it came on the heels, I should say, of something provocative he said earlier in the week. So, we're going to analyze something that Kareem said 
really questioning the NFL's Pro Bowl voting and the top 100 voting. It's it's, and then of course we want to find out what's on your mind. Get your questions, get your comments in the chat. Real quick though, make sure everybody knows how to connect with us on social media. Some quick matters of business, gang. You got to make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod because that's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time at Huddle Up Pod. And then while you're at it, you also want to follow the mother account at Mile High Huddle. And also we want to draw your attention to huddleuppod.com where you can support MHH and get your swag on. Those of you who follow us on Twitter have been apprised of the new updates, the the new products that we've added to the store. In fact, Zach, I'm going to pull that up real quick. I'm just going to derail it just for a second, gang. I want to show you what Zach and I have been hard at work on here. I think you'll get a kick out of this. Some new products. Zach, we had people like Eclipse, Stormborn, and others request some children's or kids' youth merch that we put on the store, and we finally have been able to take care of that business. Bear with me one second. It's one of the last things added. For those of you who are new parents, you got the little tiny – you got the little tiny babies slash infants. You got a little onesie type T-shirt. And then we got a youth style MHH state of being T-shirt. This one's a, the baby one's a huddle up podcast football priest. This one is MHH state of being. And then there's some mile high insider swag. If you guys want to check that out, we got the mile high huddle trucker hat, which was requested by multiple people, including Christy. But gang, the one that is really exciting. I got to, I got to find it now. Bear with me is the one that Zach has been hard at work on. And we also have a, a something in the same vein that we're working on uh, with Zach's web design that we'll unveil here in the very near future. But Zach designed this thing. He's had this in the works for a while. On the front, as you can see, you know the phrase we use on this podcast quite often when addressing the disrespect and the relative uh, lack of love the Broncos get, and Drew Locke in particular in the national media. Let them hate. You got the threes in places of ease. And then I want to draw your attention to the back here. It shows hashtag locked in and then the huddle up podcast uh, logo. So gang, if you want to support what we're doing here, that's another way that you can do so. And I will put the link in the chat stream and check that out when you get some time. If you're not in a position to do that, these three things really quick, just make sure you're subscribed, especially on YouTube like and share this video out help us continue to grow and reach new listeners this is the overtime podcast network getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance it's not only about making smart changes today it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy plus you'll help protect the environment for years to come a better world for you your family and your community Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. All right, Zach, let's get to, John, do you have the next super ready to roll? Because the stream just did a massive jump on me and I don't know if I'm going to be able to, do you have, do you have 
Z Dubs. Do you have Zach's? Thank you. Wow. Zach's web design showing some extreme generosity yeah. on super chat. Thank you. And we are working together with him on a unique piece of uh, a, a unique design that we will unveil here in the very near future. But uh, really appreciate that generosity and your support as always, Zach. He says, just because thank you for always keeping us up to date with the best Denver Broncos news, the whole MHH team rocks. Very sweet, Zach. You know, we appreciate you, my yeah. friend. And it's always good to be connected on social media uh, Steve, yeah, it was good talking to you, my friend, and we appreciate the love. All right, John, if you want to get the next one queued up, I want to grab the content real quick here that we were going to talk about today. In fact, I'm going to do George. Goodness gracious, wow. goodness, George, you are. We've seen Geo Zach, unbelievable. Just wow, just so uh, so outgoing, and so it just blows us away the support you you give us gang george zach i can already see i don't know what it says yet but i can see other donations from mundungus and from uh from zeus and from christy and gang we just love you guys so much and appreciate you more than more than you know it's it's not just keeping the lights on zach it's given us the means to continue to bring you this content it's it's a grind man yeah. you guys know man i don't say this to complain but we do structure our lives around these live streams. Everything stops in Jensen household, everything for these streams. My entire day is structured around getting things done so that I have this hour to an hour and a half free. Zach, I'm sure the same goes for you. And these, this kind of support is what allows us to do that. And George, he says, now that we thinned out our tight end room and pretty much gave Garrett Bowles the starting job, what if any moves do you see our Broncos making? Zach, why don't you answer this one for George? And I'm going to I'm going to pull up this Kareem article and then I'll riff off what you say. I mean, you, you have Garrett Bowles to tackle and Juwan James at right tackle. These are two very inconsistent guys. You have Muti on, you know, the injured list. He's going to be slow out of the gates in his rookie season. You need depth along the offensive line. You needed it before Muti got hurt. You needed it before Wilkinson got hurt. He's on the shelf as well. He's coming along slowly. I would have to think if they're going to spend this money, they save from Hireman's release over $3 million. It's got to be for an offensive lineman or cornerback, or safety. So one of the, either defensive back or offensive lineman, it would have to be. I'm just thinking, though, there's a reason why they haven't signed these guys yet, Chad. If it was going to happen, it would have happened already. I, I don't know that Hireman's release was because they wanted to sign somebody else, but if they were to make a move, it has to be in one of those two areas. This was something we discussed briefly Friday night. I really don't think you're going to see them use utilize that money, at least in the near future barring some sort of unforeseen injury that takes place in training camp. You know, right. a little Evan Mathis fun, never hurt anybody. And if they have to use it, they have to. But considering the financial environment, John Elway spoke to this on Tuesday, that the uncertainty with regard to the cap and revenues did affect the decision with Justin Simmons. It did play a role is, I guess, the best way to say it. And so I think they are approaching this with more of an eye toward the future because they just don't know yet how – Revenues are going to be affected. We've seen reports or projections saying that it's going to be upwards of 25% revenue drop, which would take the NFL from a $16 billion nut this year down to $12 billion, which, you know, Crimea River, of course, that we're talking billions here. But for losing a quarter of that revenue is going to have an effect. So, Zach, I'm, I'm of the opinion that unless something extreme befalls the team by way of the injury bug, I think they're going to rat yeah. hold that money. And I think they're going to – you know, look, 
look to the young guys to basically step in and and take care of business. Jason, glad to have you in the in the room. All right, and George again, thank you, bro. It's so good to have you in the live chats and uh, appreciate you, my friend. All right, Zach, let me get to this thing about Kareem Jackson, and we'll get right back to the chat, see what's on everybody's minds. Uh, so he says, here's the headline. Kareem Jackson calls NFL's Pro Bowl and Top 100 voting a joke. And those of you who follow Kareem on Twitter uh, probably are already aware of this tweet. But here's what he said. Um, and this comes, of course, just, I don't know, three, four days after he lambasted pro football focus for their NFL secondary rankings. And, of course, we kind of joked earlier in the week, or last week, I should say, of the Broncos jumping in on that clowning. Here's what he said today adding the NFL for what it's worth. He actually tagged the NFL in this quote. Come on, man. At NFL, how the hell did Justin Simmons not make the top 100? I saw the safeties on that list, and he's better than all them, hands down. Y'all got to stop with this clown bleep, shake my head, Pro Bowl, top 100, etc. All a joke. And then, of course, as you can see, he's got some applicable uh, emojis there. Zach, how much of this, let me just pose this to you this way. How much of this is sour grapes? How much of it do you think is just the truth? I think a little of both. I don't think it's sour grapes so much as calling out what's obvious. The Broncos continue to get slighted. They continue to not get the national attention. And this is exactly why, Chad, we have a let him hate t-shirt in the store right now. It's just they, they just overlooked constantly. Justin Simmons graded out as a number two safety in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus, and even PFF left him off their all-star list. It makes no sense. He's not a household name yet. He's not an Eddie Jackson type name yet or Jamal Adams type name. He, he's just as talented, though. And that's what I think Kareem Jackson is speaking to. He knows him. He sees him every day. They had a great season last year. They're an unbelievable tandem back there in a Vic Fangio defense. Maybe it's just me, though. Who cares about top 100? I never, I always thought it was so useless. And the Pro Bowl, for that matter, as well, it's all a popularity contest. It's what names stand out the most? It's who do we recognize among the bunch? Justin Simmons didn't have the name recognition, so he was left off the Pro Bowl. He was left off the top 100. I don't care about any of that. If he can help the Broncos win and if he can ball out, that's what matters to me. Not these these fluff lists that only are, are really paid attention to in the offseason, Chad. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> for what it's worth, Justin Simmons was just outside the top 100. They included him, as we mentioned, during one of the streams last week on the best of the rest list. But at the end of the day, as Zach just said, I mean, it really does boil down to, I think there's some sour grapes here with regard to, you know, Kareem was had a Pro Bowl caliber season last year. It was his 10th year, and he came oh so close to getting a Pro Bowl nod, ended up as an alternate, which even Simmons couldn't even garner an alternate Pro Bowl nod. He got the second team all pro, did Simmons, but Jackson ended up with nothing. I think part of that, as a former first-round pick out of Alabama, it's a little bit sour grapes, you know, the way the Pro Bowl voting just hasn't ever gone his way through now 10 full seasons in the league. But it's also straight-up reality that the Broncos are just underappreciated in the greater NFL. But, Zach, part of that is simply, I mean, if you look at the way voting breaks down, with the top 100, the NFL Network purportedly claims, okay, that it's 100% player voted. They just tally the votes. That's, you know, I don't believe that. I think they're, I mean, I believe it, but I also think that there's augmentation to that that they don't go into detail. All right. It's like not a lie, but it's, it's in the realm of lies of omission. It's just things they're not telling you. Pro Bowl voting, though, Zach, that's the players. There's three prongs to that. Players 
coaches, and then another third is fan voting, right? Teams push the Pro Bowl voting when as soon as it comes out, everyone wants the team pushes the fans to go vote for your favorite players. So it's imperfect. I, I agree. I think the best thing to do for Pro Bowl voting, to be honest with you, Zach, I understand that fans, um, you know, you want to keep fans engaged. You want to, you want the fans to feel like they have a stake in things. And I get that. But to protect the sanctity, I, I guess, if for lack of a better term, of the, the honor that is the Pro Bowl, I mean, even just 10 years ago, it really did mean something to earn a Pro Bowl nod. Yep. We clown it years after year of it just being a popularity contest. Which names do fans know the most? Which fan uh, names do players see in the headlines and the and the highlights most often? It's a popularity contest. Like, did Von Miller deserve to go to the Pro Bowl last year? God love him, but I don't think he did. I don't think he had a Pro Bowl year. Nevertheless, he got in off of his juice, right? The juice of his name right. and, and, and his reputation. So I think there's some ways the NFL could do it better in terms of the voting, like make Pro Bowl voting strictly a player and coach proposition, and it's done – uh, anonymously through, you know, uh, behind closed doors ballots. But other than that, Zach, you just got to get out there. If you're Kareem Jackson and you're Justin Simmons is you can't necessarily let this be water off a duck's back and it be meaningless. It's just more fuel on the fire. It's just more bulletin board material to fuel you going into 2020. Let him hate. Let you know what? Hate. That's that's as simple as it boils down to. And if anything, Justin Simmons not being in the Pro Bowl and not being on the top 100 actually saved the Broncos some money going forward in negotiations. Not that Simmons cares about that. I, I don't really I, I care at all what their fellow players have to say, where they rank these guys. Anyone with a brain knows Simmons is ultra talented. He's one of the best safeties, a top five guy in the NFL, and he's helping the Broncos be a better team. He, Justin Simmons, let him hate. Kareem Jackson, let him hate, and everyone who doesn't re- recognize or give Justin Simmons his proper due, you will see at season's end what this team is capable of. And the likes of Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay, Drew Locke, Justin Simmons, they will become household names with success. The Broncos have been irrelevant for too long, Chad, and that's why they have this, this invisibility in the national media. That will change after 2020. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Dramatic Pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Do Choose. Light, comfy, good to go to. We got Zeus McPeak condescending from on high, way up from the MHH Mount Rushmore, showing that generosity and love that he is want to do. Zeus, we appreciate you, my friend. You have just been as consistent as it gets, dating all the way back in terms of Super Chat and showing the love. We didn't know you from Adam in September of 2019, but then you were in every single chat. You were showing love on Super Chat. You were in every single stream. And now, whatever it is, you know, nine months later, 
10 months, 11 months later, you're like one of our family. So it's just been a pleasure getting to know you. And we appreciate your support more than we can say, Stu. He says, spending the night in Ogden, Utah, closer to Denver. And as you guys know, he's been up in the uh, Pacific Northwest area. So getting closer to the Mile High City. But Stu, thanks so much for uh, everything you do, my friend. Yeah, I Stu, I got your package the other day. You were very, very genuine generous i can't talk today and i love the model airplane i don't know if you guys can see it i put it together very easy after this podcast is going up on my shelf so kp the shelf is being filled it's it's getting together he also sent me this i really love this uh this water bottle this thermos that you sent as well just some other trinkets uh very generous of you Stu. they're all on my shelf right now and i appreciate you greatly what's cool about them is they're also very uh you know they become sentimental mementos for us Yep. You know, for, for us, it's, you know, things we'll always forget if we stop doing these live podcasts tomorrow or I got hit by a bus and couldn't couldn't talk anymore, whatever. We'll always have these things to help us remember uh, and think back to these awesome times and the community and everybody. So, yes, do you are the man, my friend. We also have Kathy checking in from Pacific Northwest as well, showing some love on Super Thank Chat. You. Thank you, Kathy. Much love, she says, from the Pacific Northwest Hashtag state of being you exemplify the that hashtag, Kathy. And it's been great getting to know you and having you in these daily chat streams, just about daily. I mean, I I can't think of the last time I can recall you not being in a live chat. So thank you, my friend. And then we also got from across the pond, you guys know him. You guys met him. We had him on the show a couple of weeks ago. James Campbell jumping in, showing love. Thank Appreciate you, James. Friend. As a good Idaho State Bengal, I'm obligated to say that Weber State sucks almost as much as the Pro Football Hall of Fame in the NFL Top 100. Hashtag Broncos World. Love it, dude. Love it. Just seeing the uh, the outpouring from, from our community, it just motivates us to show up each and every day, Zach. Yeah, James, you're a very intelligent Broncos fan, and I think our, our demographic is very intelligent Broncos fan. We all know who's good on this team, who's bad on this team. We all know what's what. So if the national media doesn't, it's their loss. Let them hate, and they will see. Steve Hearn jumping in, showing some love on Super, and Thank you, Steve. Uh, we appreciate you, Steve. He says, "Great chatting with you guys earlier today. The Chiefs were lucky to win it all. Don't scare me going uh, forward. Drew will vie for the MVP. Love the pod. Ooh. Hey, man, that's some uh, definitely some bold takes, and we love the confidence. It, I view him as a dark horse. Like <clears throat> you know, everyone's sleeping on him right now. Hence the let him hate." But nevertheless, Zach, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, I think he should be viewed as long odds. Don't get me wrong. But as a dark horse, someone do in the same way that no one expected Patrick Mahomes in 2018 to to go from having one career start to just destroying the NFL and become the MVP. Same for Lamar Jackson. It wouldn't surprise me if Drew Locke was that quarterback, that second-year guy in 2020. But – I'm just not quite ready to count on it, right? I can't bank right. on it. I gotta, I gotta let, I gotta let it come out in the wash a little bit. Very, very dark horse candidate, Chad. And I don't personally think it will happen. I think he'll have a great season, but I don't really see MVP as of right now. But you know what's nice that we're getting these comments consistently that there's hype in the Broncos fan base for a Broncos quarterback to be in the MVP running. That wasn't said about Case Keenum. That wasn't said about Joe Flacco. Wasn't said about Simeon or Lynch or Osweiler. Drew Locke is the guy who has recharged and revitalized this fan base and this team. And that alone, Chad, excites me for this season. Amen. There he is, Chris. Let him hate. And he says, ordered my hey, shirt. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. 
Oh, get that. Show that one again. We'll grab my dungus. That Kathy one, John. What did she say? Just order my neck gator and let him hate shirt. Sweet. Nice. Appreciate, Appreciate you guys. All right. Let's uh we got the wizard checking in. <laughs> Being generous. He has been just so outgoing these last few weeks, especially. Appreciate you, Mundungus. He says, uh, I was watching an NBA game today. And they had a bunch of fans' videos where the seats should be. I know, I know I've noticed that myself. Is that an option for the NFL? Shoot, the Chargers would only need one <laughs> tablet to replace their in-person fans. <laughs> You're starting to sound like Peyton Manning clowning on the Chargers. Um I have this was something I, I pointed out to my wife yesterday. I turned on NBA, just chilling on a Saturday, doing stuff around the house and just kind of having it on, watching it pretty much all day long. Because for a long time there, Zach, the getting any sports back was very much in doubt. And I'm yes. not taking any of it for granted as a sports <laughs> fan. And so even though basketball is certainly not my first love, if it's on, I'm watching it. And I did notice how, you know, on one hand, it kind of signals to your lizard brain that everything is fine everything is normal there's fans in the stands but when you do look a little bit closer these digital renditions of fans it's a little bizarre it's almost like you're watching you know remember the arnold schwarzenegger movie running man it's like some kind of weird futuristic (laughs) dystopian version of nba yeah, I noticed this on Fox baseball broadcast as well. They had like CGI fans in the stands. It didn't it didn't match up with what was going on on the field. I mean, a player would hit a home run and the fan was sitting there looking, you know, putting their face on their on their wrists, on their hand. It doesn't really make sense. I don't like it. It's either you, you're going to have not have fans in the stands, just put advertisements there. Pipe in crowd noise and go on. I don't want to see random CGI characters like an old Madden video game where it doesn't even match up with the play on the field. I'm not a fan of it, Chad. Yeah, it's just weird. I mean, I'm with you. We know the first eight, nine rows, whatever it's going to be, are going to be blocked out for ads to kind of help two things. Revenue, you know, there's additional money the NFL can make. And then also to prevent if indeed fans are allowed to attend any of these games, which is still in doubt, to be honest with you. But if indeed they are allowed, it's additional distance for bugs being able to droplets and this and that, reaching the bench and reaching players and coaches. So, Frankie, good to have you back in the stream, my dog. Good to see you. And family comes first. Family comes first, bro. So we're just happy to have you back. Brian here saying, hey, man, my first Facebook Live session. Happy to be here. What's going on, dog? Thanks. Welcome. Welcome to the manger. There is a way. I got a question about this earlier today. There is a way for – our, oftentimes, we don't always show it on the screen, Zach, but we get a lot of questions from our Facebook audience when they see us showing super chat cards on the live streams, like, how do we donate? How do we support MHH? And we've had to tell people in the past, you just go from Facebook to YouTube. You can only do it on YouTube. You can now do it on Facebook. It's not quite the same thing as a super chat, but you can become a Mile High Huddle supporter. And it's like a five buck subscription, whatever, on Facebook. And then you get specific little benefits that come with it. Any of our Facebook audience that's interested in that, just go to uh, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Go to the page, and you'll see at the top, become a supporter. You can learn up on that. Another way to support what we're doing here. And speaking of support, the queen of MHH shows up with gusto each and every time. And uh, we love you. Appreciate you, Chris. Thank you. Good to have you in the stream. And she says, glad to be able to catch the live. Yes, indeed. Glad Glad to have you. And as you can see, She's rocking the Huddle Up podcast white hoodie and doing so with aplomb. Thank you, Christy. All right, Zach, I wanted to also get your take on 
let me pull this up real quick here. Um, so I want to address the top 100 players of 2020 list because only two Broncos made the list, Zach, and one of them is making the list by virtue of work tendered, not as a Bronco, right? Von Miller, Jarrell Casey made the top 100 this year, but Jarrell Casey, I mean, he's making it based on the work he put in as a Tennessee Titan. So I really one Bronco from last year, one guy who was a Bronco last year, that body of work they put on the field, landed him on the top 100. Who's missing? We talked about Justin Simmons. Who in your mind has a honest to goodness, plausible, viable argument for being snubbed? Because I can think of three additional guys, including Kareem. I would put Kareem on there, but who who has a real argument for being snubbed? My guy, Cortland Sutton, if he's not on there, Chad, that's... Yep. If not. he's not, I, that's ridiculous. I mean, that should tell you all you have to know. Corlin Sutton and Justin Simmons, two of the Broncos' best players, homegrown guys, studs. They're not among the top 100 players in the NFL. Something is wrong there. So, yeah, big-time snub. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Let's give away some... uh some merch. It's a Sunday. And as you guys know, we're making that part of the Huddle Up podcast tradition. Our Sunday night shows, we are going to give away some swag. Uh, we use John as a, as a thing he found on the internet that can take the names out of the stream and do a random generator. And I'm looking here real quick to see what he pulled out. The first Now, the first thing we're giving away is the Mile High Huddle trucker hat. We're going to get that out to somebody. And let me see what... Uh, what he said here. Bear with me one second. It looks like it is Kathy Lund. Kathy, you are the winner of the Mile High Huddle trucker hat. And what you need to do is, and if, if by the way, if you don't want the Mile High Huddle trucker hat for any reason, like stylistically doesn't fit what you, what you do, just go on to the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Tell us what you do want. And then Shoot me either a DM on Twitter or an email, milehighhuddle at gmail. We just need your physical, your shipping address. We'll get that coming your way. But, Kathy, 
congrats on winning and thanks for being with us in the stream and supporting what we do here at MHH, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate it. Hope you enjoy the hat if you want that or another, uh, you know, prize from the, uh, the store. So appreciate all your support over the, uh, the last few months. We got to tip our cap to Chris Hernandez, who has just been on fire lately with his, his support for what we're doing here. Not just Huddle Up Podcast, but each and every podcast, including Building the Broncos, Dove Valley Deep Divers, Mile High Insiders. I'm seeing him each and every podcast, seven days a week. So, Chris, appreciate your generosity and support, as always, my friend. And a very good reminder. Hashtag click those little thumbs up. Guys, you have no idea how much those little likes and comments, but especially the likes, how much it helps us on Facebook and YouTube in particular. So, as as Chris says there, like this video. Zach, we also have to tip our cap to Mike Evans, who uh, is just a stud. We we love Mike. He's Thank you, Mike. also been just consistent as the day is long. Yeah. I want to say now, Zach, going back six, seven months, like he's just been dedicated, consistent. We appreciate you, Mike. He says, do you think we will sweep the Raiders in 2020? Appreciate y'all. You know, it's easy to say yes, but to keep in mind – We've split with the Raiders. The Broncos have split with the Raiders now. I mean, when's the last time they swept? I think it was Peyton Manning was the last time they swept. It, it's gonna, it's going to be sacrilegious to say, but I think the Raiders are a little better than most people will give them credit for. I think they're going to be a decent team this year. I'm not saying division winners or a ten and sixteen, but they're going to be a little a little harder to beat. You know, it, it, overall offense, defense. I like what they're doing this offseason. I don't think they're going to sweep them. I do think the Broncos will sweep the Chargers though. So uh, among the AFC West opponents, I look for you know Los Angeles to be the one to break the brooms out against. And the Raiders could give the Broncos a fight. Division games are always tough. They always play a little harder for those games. They're going to be a pretty good team this year, though I don't think, obviously, you know, championship contenders, Chad, with John Gruden. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I don't. Can the Broncos sweep the Raiders? Yes. Will right. they? I just think that they – I agree with Zach. They're a better team than I think – their profile gives them credit for in terms of, you know, the NFL still kind of considers them a laughing stock. They have a lot of talent, man. If their coaches could just put it together, figure out how to get the most out of this crew. I mean, they are not lacking in talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Now. I mean, if John Gruden can't figure out how to make some hay with the talent they have now right. offensively, then he's just a relic. He's a by, he's a, he's a relic from a bygone age and probably, doesn't belong in that that role, even though he's got what another seven years left on his on his deal, something like that. Zach. <laughs> yeah, it all comes down to Derek Carr for the Raiders. If he takes a step forward, that can be you know a nine ten win team. But if he doesn't, if he's just the plain old Derek Carr the last couple seasons, um, they're going to be a middling eight and eight kind of club. But like you said, Chad, Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, they have some talent on offense, and they beefed up the defense this year as well. Not going to be an easy out in any scenario. Mundungus says, I think we could. We could, meaning to see the Broncos sweep, but we need to see how well the Gruden system works nowadays. They had an okay grasp on it last year, but we should see the full attack this year. And I'm inclined to agree with that. If Gruden has embraced some of the newer uh, trends in the NFL, that is, which I'm not convinced that he has based on what I saw from him the last couple of years. But Zach, think of that running back situation. Uh, Think of the wide receiver bringing in Henry Ruggs. You got Darren Waller at tight end. You still got a pretty beefy offensive line. And Derek Carr, I mean, look, 
you know, he has something happened to Derek Carr after he broke his leg that year, the 2016 season when he was in the running for MVP, had the Raiders cruising to an AFC West crown, and then he broke his leg. Something changed in him. I've heard it said, Zach, that what actually changed was that next year, 2017, the Broncos played uh, October 1st, the Oakland Raiders in Denver, and Derek Wolf hit and sacked Derek Carr and broke his back. What yeah. I've been told is that's actually where things really changed for Carr. Like he's been seeing ghosts, as the old saying goes, since then. Yeah, he he 2016, he was pretty good, Chad. He was among, I'd say, the top 12 quarterbacks in the NFL. And that injury, I noticed that as well. It's he never been he's never been the same quarterback. He's had a little better success accuracy-wise and completion percentage-wise under John Gruden, but never the quarterback we saw in 2016. They can get that guy back, they're gonna be a pretty tough team. I hate to say it. We've got KP in the house. Appreciate you as always, my friend. Thank you, Kevin. Chat. He says that and PFF rankings are a joke as well. Yeah. Juana killed it last night. For those of you who might have missed it, we didn't really hype it up too much. I think I – did I mention it specifically, John, on Friday night when I did Dove Valley Deep Towers? I'm not sure. I think I hinted at there being a surprise guest or something. But, yes, John, a.k.a. Buana Beast, joined Nick Kendall last night on the Mile High Insiders podcast with Luke being out. He had something going on with the family. He was celebrating something that day. And Zach, John did quite well holding his yes. own. And it's not easy to sit up here with the lights on you and, and try and be articulate and have something meaningful to say that people can, you know, get behind. And it's not as easy as it might seem. And uh, we tip our cap to John. He crushed it. Yeah, I mentioned this when we started our Super Chat, you know, uh, weekly segments with Christy, that it's not easy coming up here, Chad, and talking on camera and, and being stared at and you're staring at yourself on the screen. It, it's a very daunting process. And I think John, for a first-time guy, he did excellent. I think the Broncos community and the and the Huddle Up Pod community want to see more of him. I know I do. Amen. And we will start working him more onto the show here in due time. Uh, in the meantime, he's going to be our bullpen guy. He's the guy that gets called in when someone can't make it, and that's the way it'll shake out in the short term. Brian on Facebook, Zach, we can't neglect our great Facebook audience and community, wants to know what tackles, offensive tackles, are available via trade or free agency would be the best fit for the Broncos. I can't even – who's even available now? Jason Peters got signed up. Is Cordy Glenn still out there? That's the one Beecham signed as well. So Cordy Glenn among the big three, he's still available, and I would snatch him up. That's really it. I mean, Broncos aren't about to go make a trade, and if there no. is someone available on the trade, I'm not aware of any kind of public knowledge on that. So it would be behind closed doors, and I haven't been privy to anything that I've picked up anyway. So outside of Cordy Glenn and Brian, I just don't think it's going to happen, dog. I think the – the Broncos are going to let the chips fall with Garrett Bowles in his contract year. Elijah Wilkinson will be the swing guy. That's just the way it's going to shake out. And then they'll carry one other guy, and that's either going to be Quinn Bailey, it's going to be Jake Rogers, or the undrafted rookie Hunter Watts, which it's unlikely to be him. But one of those three guys will probably join Elijah Wilkinson on the 53 and be the swing guys. And if push comes to shove and this, the, the outside of Juwan James, the tackle situation is just crap. John Elway has through the first six weeks of this season to try and maybe either pick someone else up, Zach, or, or make a trade. But for now, this is another situation, another example, where the Broncos just have to see how it plays out because they've kind of made their investments, they've made their commitments personnel-wise. Now they need to see those guys step up. 
Yeah, I'm just perusing the uh, the available tackles list real quick on over the cap. Uh, Greg yep. Robinson's available. Donald Penn's available. As far as I know, Adrian Waddle's available. I think a more likely outcome, though, is the Broncos waiting until these teams release some players and they all get down to the 80-man limit by August 16th. If someone shakes loose that they like, maybe Mike Munchak has a recommendation, maybe they'll sign someone then. But I, I think what you said is spot on. They genuinely like their young talent on the roster and they're willing to roll with them and Munchak's recommendation over, you know, spending money on a veteran. No trade. That's not going to happen. A signing could, though, but not for another week, couple weeks, as far as I can tell. Our friend Adon jumping in at six foot ten Mexican on YouTube is his handle. Appreciate that super chat. Thank you, my friend. He says, round of applause for Chad filling in this weekend. Very kind of you to say. Thank you very much. I enjoy doing it. Honestly, Zach and I would do it seven days a week if other guys didn't have such passion for podcasting and live streaming. Zach and I would do it seven days a week. Yeah. But those guys, we we believe that their talent deserves some some uh, a seat at the table too, but it's just fun. Any additional chance either one of us ever get to, to live stream and pod, we, we like to do that. So uh, Glenn as well, jumping in. Appreciate you as Thank always, you, my friend. Cheers to the Beast for his solid debut last night. Hashtag state of being, hashtag let them hate, and hashtag Mark's bold <laughs> tattoo. Oh, man. that It's not a bold <laughs> tattoo. I know you're joking, but it's a really elaborate, intricate Broncos tattoo. We'll have to just, next time he's on, we'll have him lift up his shoulder and have him show you, but... It's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. That'd, that'd be great, though, if you had a Bulls tattoo of Bulls just holding someone and being flagged on a play. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be classic Mark right there. All right. Let me see what we got here. Uh, that was Glenn. Okay. Flynn wants to know on Facebook, hey, guys, haven't heard too much from training camp. Wondering if you could inform us on this area. You know, because of the unique format of training camp this year, there hasn't been much to talk about or much to see or much to report because they just barely over the weekend got through the, the rounds of testing to allow both the veteran group and the rookie group into the building together. So now they're all 80 guys. Well, 79 since Hireman was cut, but now all 79 guys are, are in the building and working toward one goal. You know, these first 18 days of training camp, which started last Tuesday, you know, it's, conditioning they have been on field there have been some clips we've been able to see that the broncos have released of drew lock throwing to jerry judy and throwing to kj and throwing to albert O. and it's been great to see that i would hope and expect zach that the team will continue to make more and more media available as the players and the coaches continue to do more on the field right now it's more more about or an, an orientation in terms of meetings and getting on the same Classroom page, stuff, yeah. CV thing, understanding the gravity of each player's responsibility socially to the team this year in terms of, to use Coach Fangio's verbiage, suppressing certain urges in terms of going out on the town and basically any social situation in which it includes 15 or more people that you don't know in an indoor environment, that is considered high-risk behavior and you are subject to sanction, fine, being cut by your team. So that's being rammed home right now, Zach, by the coaches and the team to these players. And other than that, it's about just kind of getting amped up between the ears. I'm thinking, I'm not thinking, I'm guessing this week we're going to start seeing a little bit more come out on the field and we'll get to see a few more clips and whatnot. 
but so far it's been pretty slim and we're not going to really see the 11 on 11 and the pads come on and the shells and the popping and everything until you get to, I mean, what's it going to be the third week of July or excuse me, the third week of August is when you'll, you'll start seeing them actually look like a real traditional training camp. Yeah, the first padded practice is uh, August 17th, as far as I know. And until that point, Chad, it's a true acclimation period. For the reasons you just said, the Broncos wanted to see who has CV, who's going to test positive, who's opting out, who's going on what list. They want to formulate their roster right now. They're cutting some players, they're trimming down. And from the second half of August on, it'll be a more traditional training camp. More updates, more practices, more media availability. We'll see more as time goes on. But until then, next few weeks could resemble what this past week has been, Chad. A lot of classroom work, a lot of stuff in the building, a lot of Zoom meetings that we're not privy to. But in the second half of August, we'll get more updates, and we'll, of course, update you guys with everything that comes out. Reminder, Kathy, make sure you shoot me a DM or an email with your address so we can get your your stuff out to you. Gary wants to know, how can I send a donation? Well, you're on YouTube, Gary, so when you put that comment in, there's a feature right there in the comment where you typed in what you wanted to say with a little dollar sign, you click that. And from there, it's pretty self-explanatory. That's how you do a super chat on YouTube. That's the easiest way. And as I mentioned earlier, you can become a supporter on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash mile high huddle. You'll see the, the deal and you can support what we're doing financially. And we appreciate your consideration, my doc. So, yeah. uh, all right, let's grab Rick Heller showing some wow. big time generosity on Thank super you, chat. It's amazing. And that's not a name I recognize on super chat so rick really appreciate i'm getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance it's not only about making smart changes today it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy plus you'll help protect the environment for years to come a better world for you your family and your community Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. I'm not saying that you've never super chatted before, but jumping off the top rope like that with that much generosity, we really appreciate you. And we're glad to have you in the stream. And he just says... I'm so excited for this young team. And Zach, that they are. This is a very young squad, a little bit younger on the offensive side, but on defense too. That's what I'm saying. I can't remember the last time the Broncos had this hype, and not just for one player or one side of the ball, but overall. Coaching, quarterbacking, defense, offense. I mean, there's a lot of excitement right now in Broncos country, and that starts with Drew Locke energizing and revitalizing the fan base. And he did it over five games last year, and he will do it over 16 games this season. I am right there with you, Rick. I am very pumped up for 2020. 
Kenneth Booker, which, by the way, very cool profile pick. Jerry Judy rocking his new Broncos regalia. He's got the helmet. He's got the pads, the jersey. Uh, he says, how many sacks will Von Miller have on Patrick Mahomes this season? Trivia. Has Von Miller ever sacked Patrick Mahomes? Mm-hmm. I don't think he has. Well, the, the, one of the, ta- the the tackles there is kryptonite, Chad. You know, Fisher and uh, Schwartz. Schwartz, yeah. But still, I don't think he has. So, you know, there's a first time for everything, and, and the law of averages, you would think, would eventually favor the Broncos in this regard. But that's something we've been saying from a win-loss perspective for a couple of years now. <laughs> hey, man, law of averages is going to come through, and the Broncos are going to win one of these Chiefs matchups. And they got close twice in 2018, oddly enough, with Case Keenum. They were a lot farther from, from victory in both matchups last year. But to answer Kenneth, how many sacks? I got to say probably one this year. He'll, he'll finally break the ice and sack Patrick Mahomes, but I'm going to give him – I'm going to predict one. I mean, considering I predict the Broncos to actually split with the Chiefs, and I think they're going to upset them in Arrowhead, you know, bowl take alert right there. If they do beat the Chiefs, it's because the defense stepped up and kind of shut the Chiefs' offense down, and I think that would start with the pass rush. I'm going to say a half a sack. Just to be conservative, I think he'll split it with somebody else, maybe Jarrell Casey, maybe Bradley Chubb. I think Vaughn will get home this year, though, on Patrick Mahomes. All right, we got Edward jumping in, one of our longtime Super Chat superstars. Thank you. Good to have you back these last few pods, man. It's just not the same without you, dog. And by the way, did you ever end up moving to Denver? I know that was in the cards. It was something that you possibly had working. Anyway, let me know. He says, let them hate. I love being the underdogs. That's when we win. What teams do you guys think we beat this year, and which teams do we lose to? Also, can I get a hat? Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being. Edward, you can get a hat. You can get a hat, dog. Email me your address and I'll get you a hat. I've got one right here, right behind me. You can see it with your name on it. You get me your address and I'll shoot you a hat. Um, I don't know if I'm really, no offense, Edward. I don't know if I'm really in the headspace to go through a week-by-week prediction of the Broncos schedule quite yet. That's something we'll do at the end of training camp. Traditionally, we do like a way-too-early prediction back when the schedule first comes out and then right on the doorstep of the, of the regular season when we've had a chance to at least kind of see how the team's taking shape this year, we don't get preseason to come to that conclusion. Right. We only get to kind of the vibes and things we're seeing on the field at training camp. But Edward, I can tell you that I've predicted a win against the Tennessee Titans in the season opener. Zach, I don't recall if you predicted a win. Yeah. I have, yeah. And we did a podcast after, after, like you said, Chad, the schedule came out. We went game by game and gave our predictions. So, Edward, if you want to check that out, it was sometime in April, I believe. When was the schedule? April or May? Everything blends uh, together this year. I know, dude. I want to say it was May. I want to say it was right after the draft, but it might have been right before. Yeah, you can get kind of the gist of what Chad and I think for the season. We do think the Broncos are a playoff team. They're going to have a winning record. I think, you know, 9-7, and 10-6. and six. Chad's a little more positive. He thinks 11-5. and five. It's going to be a good season, and we, like Chad said, we will do one more uh, breakdown and prediction uh, after training camp before the season. Appreciate you, my friends. Shoot me an email with your address. I might already have it, but still send me that email just so that it's in my the front of my brain so I don't forget Greg Smith on Facebook, really appreciate the kind words, my friend. He says, yeah. Chad and Zach, this is the main pod. Sorry, but no one else does it better. Hashtag you, go Greg. Broncos. Las Vegas, Nevada. Appreciate you, Greg. You are the man. Um, Brian Doyle jumping in. Oh, he jumped from Facebook to YouTube. 
just to show some love on Super Chat. Appreciate you. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. He says, happy to support MHH. Great podcast. And, And was it Brian that said at the top of the show, my first live stream? Maybe it was a different one, but either way, we, we've featured a few Brian questions and comments already tonight. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. That means a lot to us, man. Seriously. A lot of new faces tonight, Chad. So welcome to everyone who is your first time, especially donating. Thank you so much for your support. We definitely and appreciate it. It's a sign that things are ramping up right. We're back in the saddle. The players and coaches assembled at the facility. Actual football activity is taking place with an eye toward the season. And I honestly, I'm not worried about the season not happening. We've talked about this many other times, but I think the NFL is doing it for, for really what the obstacle was. They've done a great job, especially the Broncos plan, um, yeah. preventative plan and their infectious disease prevention plan. It is so comprehensive. It almost is just stunning how, how they've got every corner, uh, every angle covered basically. So, Anyway, we're looking forward to it. The, there feels like there's momentum building. I think that's why we're seeing more and more new people coming into the streams on all platforms and why Mile High Huddle continues to grow. Things have really picked up just the last two weeks, unsurprisingly, because the Broncos are back in the building. Aaron Lynch, longtime listener, longtime Super Chat superstar, been out to sea, literally. He's been out at sea trying to catch some fish, trying to make a buck, trying to pay some bills off the Alaskan coast, and he returns in his full splendor. He says, having a hard time believing that some of the big-name players will actually be pulled for testing positive this season. Maybe I just love a good cover-up story. Cheers, friends. Yeah, I mean, the one argument against that is already you've got names, like you mentioned at the top of the show, Zach, quarterbacks, right? You've got Gardner Minshew now is on the reserve list, the CV reserve list, Matthew Stafford on the CV reserve list. That's pretty tinfoil hat. And in today's political climate, Aaron, I think that if any NFL team were to fudge that and try and pull a fast one and it blew up in their face, I mean, think about it. If you're Tom Brady or if you're the Tampa Bay Bucks and a Tom Brady test positive, of course you don't want to quarantine him for two weeks and have him out of the lineup, but you want to risk that like wildfire taking off through your entire team. Right. So these teams have a vested interest to follow through on their on their mandate to quarantine these guys not to mention the publicity chat if they let a, a positive player play and they, it, it poses a threat not only to their team but their community as well and in these times with all the hand ring going on and you know like it or hate it you have to kind of just um put cv first if that's a, a, a imminent threat on someone's life so I, I i i'm with you i like a good conspiracy myself but if there's a positive player that tests you know positive obviously he he would have to come out of the game there'd be no getting around that even bill belichick couldn't, couldn't really you know, try to finesse that system. And by the way, if anyone has been inordinately affected team-wise by the word that shall go unnamed and the opt-outs, and it's been the Patriots. So maybe that's to the wheel of karma, finally rolling back on the, on the cheating Belichick era. Tom Brady finally hightailed it out of town, and those chickens have come home to roost, karmically speaking. The wizard jumps back in. Appreciate you, dog. Thank you, Mondugas. He says, has anyone else noticed that careers seem to die after they play the Broncos? Carr, Newton, Priest Holmes, et cetera, et cetera. Interesting point. Interesting point. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else we should add to that list. Christian Okoye, his career died when he met the, uh, the uh, smiling assassin in the hole, right? That's one of the most iconic Bronco clips of all time. Steve Atwater just 
truck in Christian Okoye. And that was on the heels of that stunning Pro Bowl season. I'm not sure if Christian Okoye was the rushing champ the year prior. I want to say that he was, but even if he didn't, he was a 1,400-yard rusher the year before. And it was so crazy, those of you who are old enough to remember that season, because he was this big 240, 250-pound halfback running for over 1,000 yards in one at that time, of course, was the modern NFL. So it was a very unique situation. It was like almost, I mean, Earl Campbell-ish, the way his size, height, weight, speed, the whole nine yards. That came to a sudden and conclusive end, Zach, when Steve Atwater just knocked him senseless at one pop that everyone's now seen a million times if you're a Broncos fan. But Mundungus's point, that's, that's the only other one I can really think of off the top of my head. I was going to say Tom Brady because they beat the crap out of him in 2015, but we all saw the Super Bowl against the Falcons, so I really can't I can't fall back on that. Yep. Dave from Georgia. We have so many great listeners in the community from Georgia, Dave being one of them, Mark being one of them. I'm forgetting one, but Dave, appreciate you, my friend, Thank showing you, some sir. love. He says, yeah, if, we're, if we aren't used to being seen as a lesser team for whatever reason, well – Glad to see you guys live when scheduling allows. What do we know? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's easy to understand why the Broncos only had one player from last year make this year's top 100. I know Jarrell Casey also made it, but I mean, what what people, what the voters perceive as Broncos, it was just Von Miller. Even though there were other deserving guys, we've already mentioned it, Cortland Sutton, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, I would also say Philip Lindsay for what it's worth. But when you are a sub-500 team for three years in a row and you hadn't made the playoffs for four years in a row, the bloom falls off the rose and you're just not a team with players that the outside world thinks of. You know, you're no longer on the front of people's brains. And that's why the, the quickest fix – for individual accolades to start rolling into this team is for the team to play well. I mean, think back, Zach, to the 2018 Chicago Bears. This is what eventually got Vic Fangio his head coaching gig with the Broncos. All those Bears that made first-time Pro Bowls that year, I mean, even Bryce Callahan, if he doesn't get injured and miss those last three weeks, he was going to the Pro Bowl that year. It all stemmed from the team having success across the board. If the team wins, Zach, the accolades will follow. Yeah, and you know what, though? Until that point comes, which will happen this season, Kareem Jackson, his reaction, his outward angst about Justin Simmons clues you into how this team is thinking, Chad. They hear everything. They see everything. Yeah, they're players. Yeah, they're multimillionaires, but they're people. They're human beings with feelings. They don't like being crapped on constantly for a half decade. So they're going to use that fuel, and it's going to spark them to have a really bounce-back season where they put themselves back on the NFL relevancy map, and that will happen by winning and nothing more. And when they become a household name, everyone will change their tune. All the Adam Ranks of the world and the Nick Wrights of the world, they will all eat a big fat piece of crow. But until that point, the Broncos would actually like it this way. They like being hated on. They like being counted out. It's what spawned them to a title in 2015. They love that energy and those vibes, and they're going to use that to succeed in 2020. Let them hate. James brings up a good point here. Honestly, if Matt Stafford opts out as speculated, who could blame him with a newborn, a young family, and a wife who's recovering or recovered from cancer? Have to feel it would change the NFL's view, though. That's about the only example of of a player where I could get on board with them opting out. 
be just because unless they themselves or someone in their immediate family has a comorbidity concern or risk, I don't understand it, to be honest with you, because the data points to it, the, the demographics of men that play in the NFL, they are not the most at risk for these things, for the adverse effects of the word that shall go unnamed. But people who have any other comorbidity concern, whether it's a, de- a depressed, suppressed system from battling cancer or diabetes or, you know, any other kind of immune system type irregularity, you have to worry about that. So if it happened with Matt Stafford, if he did ultimately choose to opt out, I would understand that, but he's leaving money on the table. And that's why if I'm Matt Stafford, and I know it's easily it's easy to say something like this, I'm going out of my way to figure out a way to make that money this year, even if that means I'm basically cut off from my family for three or four months, that's worth it to bring home 30 some odd million dollars or whatever he's on deck to make this year. Yeah, he's made a lot of money. Uh, I know his wife had brain surgery last year, so that's a major operation. I think he's a little tentative to bring that into the home. They have young children. I understand it. I I don't know who it was who recently opted out. It might have been Marquise Goodwin. I mean, these these people have people in their lives, family members, spouses who have cancer, who have pregnancy issues. I mean, they don't want to bring that into their home. They don't want to even take that chance. If they have money in the bank, if they have an established role on the team, like Matt Stafford, he's not. He's the entrenched quarterback. He's he can opt out, and he knows he has a job. That's not the same for some of these other players. But I understand it if they have a direct threat because of CV. Gary, the one thing I didn't mention that you might be having a hard time with if uh, if you're going to comment on YouTube and you're not seeing that little super chat dollar sign figure, if you don't have your Google wallet connected to your YouTube, it might not allow you to do it. So you might have to connect your Google wallet. I don't know exactly how to point you in that direction, but dude, we're just happy to have you in the stream. It's all good. Don't don't worry too much about it. Just kick back and enjoy the, the conversation here. And speaking of, we're almost up against it and it's time to give away the let them hate shirt for tonight so we gave away a mile high huddle trucker hat kathy lund is the winner of that particular giveaway and the results have already come in john sent me a dm greg smith is the winner of the let them hate shirt and uh he's this was before of course he's just hearing this now that he won he put this comment in looks like 706 mountain time so 10 minutes ago appreciate you my friend and make sure you either – I think we're friends on Facebook, right? If we're not, just send me an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com, with your shipping address, and we'll get your shirt coming to you, my friend. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate you. And we, of course, appreciate Kathy as well. Congrats to both of you for getting some swag. And as we say to anybody, whether you win it in a giveaway on the pod or if you buy it, make sure when you get your swag, you send us, whether it's on so, you know a DM or an email – let us know by sending us a selfie with your gear on so that we can shout you out. I talked about Big Earn at the top of the show on Facebook. He sent us a DM, or a, he sent me, but anyway, a DM of him rocking his new Huddle Up podcast, This Very Hat Football Priest. Goes right up on Instagram. We love show, you know, basically shouting you guys out, showing you some love, showing everybody the merch. It's a great organic way to keep things going. So when you get your gear, send us that selfie. We love being able to flaunt it out there on social media. All right, gang, we're about out of time. So let's grab these last couple of supers and then we'll bounce out for tonight. Edward Keating jumping in again. Thank you, my friend. He says, me and the family are moving to Denver next summer. Okay. Cause I know you're a welder, if I'm not mistaken, or you were a welder. I remember these things and uh, that you had mentioned that you were headed to Denver. So next year. Okay. We got you. 
Gotcha, my friend. Thank you again for the for the super twice tonight. Appreciate you. And just email me, Ed, your address, and I'll get you this hat behind me. Uh, Ron Dub jumping in. Always, always bring in the good questions. Appreciate you as always, Ron. Thank you, Ron. Hey, guys, besides Drew Locke. And by the way, Ron's another one of our great listeners and Super Chat superstars who sent us that selfie when he got his swag and we put him up on Instagram. If you go and follow Mile High Huddle on Instagram right now, make sure you're doing it if you have an Instagram account. That's basically the only thing we use that account for is to shout out the superstars and the fans in the community when they get their swag. We show those selfies and shout them out and give them love and, and props. Ron's one of those guys. He says, hey, guys, besides Drew Locke, which Bronco has the most to prove this year? I say Bowles. What say you? Bowles is up there. I would say Von Miller. Honestly, Von Miller has a lot to prove. He's already proven everything he really needs to in terms of the overall legacy and the narrative that his career will, will have. What was it? He's one of 33 players, I think, ever to make it to 10 seasons as a Bronco. I mean, that's, that's pretty special. But he's got a lot to prove, Zach, unless he's going to just kind of be one of these 10-year superstars that quickly hits the back nine and goes downhill, which I don't think he's going to be. But he's got a lot to prove. Bradley Chubb has a lot to prove. Bouncing back from that knee, what else you got? I mean, half the roster has something to prove, Chad. Justin Simmons has to prove it wasn't just an outlier last year. I mean, uh, Noah Fant has to prove he was worthy of a first-round selection. Juwan James has to prove he can hold up at right tackle and be consistent and didn't just check out because he got paid. Of course, Garrett Bowles. I mean, I can name a bunch of players. Draymond Jones as a third-round pick. I mean, they want to see him kind of thrive in that role. If Shelby Harris leaves, Derek Wolf is gone. A lot of their players on the roster have a lot to prove, and uh, I think most of them will this season. Glenn, I will keep that in mind that you need a tank top, dog, because I want to see that gun show. And when I see the gun show, I want to see it from your freaking man cave, dude, in full Bronco MHH regalia. All right. Well, uh, we'll keep that in mind. Trust. We'll get you one of those here eventually. BNS jumping in to show some love. Appreciate that, my friend. He says, can't envision less than a top five defense this year. Aloha. Interesting he says that, Zach, because on Friday, the Broncos made Drew Locke and Bradley Chubb available via virtual press conference. Bradley Chubb said, look, I see us as a top 10 caliber unit this year with the additions we have of Jarrell Casey and AJ and the fact that I'm coming back, the fact we're getting Bryce back, Callahan, and Vaughn is hungrier than ever. I'm hungrier than ever. This is me paraphrasing Bradley Chubb. Do you see top five, though? Because – It's hard to envision a team not being competitive if they have a top five defense. I mean, I just don't see any weak links on this defense, maybe aside from Todd Davis as a starter, or maybe the secondary if they suffer an injury, but they've improved roundly. I mean, bringing in Jarrell Casey, having Draymond Jones come on last season pretty strong, adding Justin Sernat, adding A.J. Boye. You have Simmons playing for a new contract. You have Von Miller coming back uh, more determined. You have Bradley Chubb healthy now. I don't really see a hole in this defense, and you combine that with the second-year coaching of Vic Fangio, top five should almost be the expectation, Chad. If they all stay healthy and the stars align as they should, top five, top eight at worst should be the expectation, not the goal for this Broncos defense in 2020. All right, we got the Milkman on Twitter on Periscope wants to know, hey, guys, what can we expect from Bryce Callahan? Look, I do believe Bryce Callahan is a is – real human being. I do believe he exists. <laughs> He's not just a name and a, and a digital picture floating around. In all seriousness, 
if he does stay healthy, and I think he will, I, I, I should say, I have reason to believe that he's going to be good to go. They finally got to the core of the problem, took the time and the necessary resources from a medical perspective to get that foot right. And so once he's on the field, which he, I think he will be week one, we'll see how long he can stay healthy, but he'll at least be on the field week one. I think Bryce Callahan can offer Pro Bowl caliber impact because that's what he brought to the Bears in Fangio's scheme, 2018, 2017 as well a little bit, but mostly he really emerged in his contract year in 2018 before he hurt that same foot that ultimately cost him the next year as a Bronco. I think he offers you Pro Bowl caliber impact, Zach. He's your number two corner in base defense. He does have the skill set to play outside the boundary, even though he's not super long. He's scrappy, man. He can he can get it done. But most of his snaps, I'll say 80% of his snaps, are going to come in sub packages when they kick him inside to play the slot, play the nickel, and then you'll have a Devontae Vosby or an Ojemudia or a Yadam come in and play that other boundary opposite of Boye. So if he's healthy, and I think he will be, I think fans are going to finally get a return on that $7 million per year he's, he's bringing in. Even though he did take a little bit of a pay cut earlier this fall, I keep forgetting about that, or this uh, year. He did accept a restructure, but I do I do see good things coming from him. In a worst case scenario, I see Bryce Callahan giving what Chris Harris Jr. did last year, which he was good but kind of inconsistent. He wasn't great. In the best case scenario, and you nailed it, Chad. It, the preface is if he stays healthy. If that happens, he can give the Broncos better than what Chris Harris Jr. gave last year, which would be a Pro Bowl cornerback. He is very talented. He's a great slot guy. He was one of the best in the league before that foot injury. You pair him with Fangio. You pair him with Ed Donatel. He's a very good cornerback when healthy. If he can prove that foot is up to snuff, like Chad said, you can see a potential Pro Bowl guy in that back end. Okay. Mundungus is on strike, but what is he protesting? What did, what, what did I miss? Don't know. I'm trying to go back through the chat and look and see. John, what's was it? And I'm sure he's joking. I'm sure it's uh, tongue-in-cheek, but what's he? Oh, I see. Don't worry, Mundungus. I got you. I got you. Don't even stress, dude. I've got you. You know this. You Which one do you want? Let him hate? I got you. Uh, Chris? Dodd or DO44, excuse me, jumping in on Super Chat. Good to see you. Glad to have you back in the stream, my friend. He says, finally have a day off. I hope and this this is unkind, but he says, I hope Andy Reid gets a heart condition. And I'm sure he doesn't mean that because Chris is a stand-up cat. Andy Reid, though, for what it's worth, you know, he's getting up there and he's finally gotten to the top of the mountain. He won a Super Bowl as a head coach, the prize that eluded him for decades. I don't know how much longer he plans on coaching because, I mean, what more can he accomplish other than trying to, you know, repeat? They've got that two-year window beyond this last season. They just won a Super Bowl. Now they got two more years until that just massive deal Patrick Mahomes signed really starts coming home to roost on the salary cap. So I think you got Andy Reid through the 2022 season. Let's see. No, 2021. So this year, next year. So I think after the 2021 season, it wouldn't surprise me, Zach, to see Andy Reid hang it up. Yeah, I don't know about this comment, Chad. Kind of a bad karmic thing to say. Andy Reid is one of the best things to happen to the NFL. And I know he coaches the Chiefs, but you have to admire his prowess, his play calling, his play design. He's just an overall kind of goofy guy, very kind of laid back. And you know what, Chad, in speaking of his how long he has left in the NFL, when his son OD'd, I believe it was 2013 or sometime in that in that time, 
I didn't think he'd have long left in the game, but he is literally a guy who's married to the NFL. He eats, sleeps, and breathes football, and he said it on multiple occasions. He doesn't see an end in sight. This is what he does. Some people can't retire because they have to work. He is one of those guys. So until the Mahomes magic runs out, I think you'll see Reed in Kansas City for quite a while. And it's annoying that he's in the Broncos division and he's a world champion, but he's a hell of a coach. And I think most NFL fans respect what he's done for the game. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. All right, gang, we have got to ski-daddle on out of here for tonight. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us in the stream this evening and making this a lively, fun, engaging conversation. As always, we uh, love seeing each and every one of you. Bobby, glad to see you in the stream as always, my friend. And each and every one of you, it's a mile-high salute to our Super Chat superstars. It just means the world to us, you guys, your support. Reminder, if you're on Facebook, you can support what we do on Facebook by becoming a supporter. Just go to my, uh, Mile High Huddle's Facebook page, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. You'll see the blue button that you can – oh, and Christy jumped back in with the symbolic <laughs> super chat of $29 to say hashtag free Callahan. That's awesome. Thank you, Christy. Yeah, thank you so much, my friend. And then uh, – Flippin' Booch wants to know, does Denver's offense struggle game one versus the Titans? I think it'll be a little bit hit and miss, but I think you'll see more hits than you do miss. Because remember, the Titans are going to have an equal playing field in terms of they've not been able to get together, and there was no OTAs for them. There's no preseason for them. It's going to be ugly football, I think, all around the league. Right. But I think the the Broncos have so much talent on the F- offensive side it's going to be undeniable. They're going to have their flashes and their huge plays. And whether that results in wins remains to be seen. I think it will, as you guys know. And I'm predicting a win already versus the Titans. It could be a low-scoring game. I mean, it could be sloppy football to start out. I think the mile-high atmosphere, Chad, the game being at Denver will give the Broncos an edge, I believe. It's tough to play in there with no acclimation period. A team like the a Titans, like an East Coast team like that, I'm not a believer in Ryan Tannehill. I think that was an outlier last year. So if the Broncos' defense can hold down Derrick Henry and Drew Locke just can put some points on the board, maybe 21, 24 points, I don't see a 50-burger in this game. But I do think the Broncos' defense and the coaching staff will be prepared enough to take on this Titans team, and I'm predicting right now like a 19-16-type game. Broncos win. Mundunga says, jumps in on Super Chat again. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you. It was all in good fun, buddy. I appreciate it, but I'll win a shirt the right way. No, dude, you've got one coming your way. You got one. If, if it's the let them hate, if that's the one you want, you tell me. I mean, that's no problem for us. We want you to have one. But you got to also commit to sending us the selfie, dog. And I'm sure you will. <laughs> all right, guys, we got to get out of here. Thanks to each and every one of you again for joining us. A mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars. Thanks, each and every one of you. We'll be back in the saddle tomorrow night, usual time, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. Until then, enjoy the start of your week and the remainder what you have left of your weekend. And, Zach, you have a great week, too, in your your travels. Yeah, Chad, I'm actually, you know, we didn't mention it on the show, but I'm going to be unavailable Monday on Wednesday's pod as well. I'm going down to Florida to spend my birthday. My birthday's tomorrow. I'll spend it with some family, taking my mom down there. So um, I will be back with you guys, though, Thursday for the podcast. And until then, I'll see you guys. Have a good week. And Chad, I hope I don't know who you're going to have to guest host, but I know you'll do a great job in my absence. Dude, we're going to have to celebrate your birthday um, belatedly then. 
You should have mentioned your birthday before tonight. We would have freaking got happy 40th, John. <laughs> You're dead to me, John. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not quite. But uh, we'll find a way Thursday night. It'll be the Mile High Mailbag. We'll find a way to come correct and celebrate, help Zach celebrate his his birthday in a belated sense and shout him out on social media this week, guys, when you see him. So, all right, brother. Well, uh, happy birthday tomorrow. Appreciate and you. we'll look forward to celebrating that with you Thursday night. Absolutely. Thanks again, Chad. Thank you, everyone, as well, for your birthday wishes in the comments. Much love to each and every one of you. Thanks to John in the booth for taking care of business for us, and congrats to him for making his pod debut again last night. He did great. For Zach Kelderman. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.